We got some awesome reader feedback this Ooh, week. Ooh, tell me. It was international. Ooh. The subject line was Sweden, exclamation point, exclamation point. And it's from um, a friend of the show named Jacob. And he said that he was really excited that we did an episode about Princess Kate because he didn't know that anyone knew what it was outside of Sweden. And then he's, he wrote, I remember always having one at my birthday parties when I was young. Who am I kidding? I still get them. <laughs> Isn't that adorable? Well, I had no idea what Princess Cake was before we did the episode on it. So you're right, Jason. Well, Jacob. But Jacob. <laughs> oh, God. Sorry, Jacob. <laughs> Doing so much learning and growing. Um, he also said that if we ever needed any uh, restaurant recommendations for Stockholm, ask him, which is awesome. We're just like so holding hands around the world right here. Oh, my here. God. You want to go on like a worldwide trip and just like yes visit all of our listeners yes actually that would be a good idea for a tv show television producers out there who are listening so not only did we get mail about princess cake but also uh as of this recording the last episode that aired was donuts and at the very end when i was like i like blueberry donuts do you know how food hazed i've been in the last couple days about liking blueberry donuts people are sending me pictures of blueberry donuts what oh (laughs) like like, ones that they like yeah they're like come come to this place because it has blueberry donuts what was the best looking blueberry donut picture you received well you know how frosting is really pretty Mm -hmm. it's always the ones with frosting on them but i actually know that i don't like frosting Mm -hmm. here's the kick though everyone is being so kind to send uh these pictures but i'm on a no carb no sugar diet that hurts (laughs) it sure does and Our episode today is about breakfast cereal, and can I tell you, this one, more than any other carb-based food item we've done, this one is the one that was difficult for me to, like, not break my diet. I bet, because, like, for my research, I ate a big bowl of Cinnamon Toast Crunch. (laughs) Yes. Yesterday also happened to be 420, so it just worked out beautifully, but you didn't get to do that. I didn't get to do it. Thank you so much for your understanding. Anyway, before I pass out from lack of carbs, let's just talk about it. How it got in your mouth. Breakfast cereal. Fruit Loops are, are light and reasonably high in fiber. I pity the poor fool. Don't eat my cereal. Cheerios. Figure out how to get kids to eat Captain Crunch instead of Fruit Loops. I can get by on bologna and cereal. Space balls the breakfast cereal. With cereal balls. Cookie crisp. All right, so we're talking about breakfast cereal, and a cereal, when people talk about cereals in like agricultural term, that mm-hmm. means a grass that is cultivated for the edible parts. So that's what a cereal is like scientifically. Okay. Why we call breakfast cereal cereal when it's the same word of uh, nutritious blades of grass, I don't know. Mystery That's for the ages. Mad confusing. <laughs> no, but the good thing is we never think about the grass cereal. So when we talk about cereals like the hot cereal, porridge, congee, like whatever, that's always been around. Do you like around. hot cereal, like cream of wheat? Mm, kind of, but it never fills me up. Huh? I love it. There's like I love how like bland and like watery it is. There's I get something that. weird about that. That's comforting to me. Yeah, I totally get that. And I think that that's been like a universal throughout the ages because mm-hmm. there's no like history of when that sort of thing started. It just always has been. Um, the awesome story about breakfast cereal, though, is that it's a story about fear of sex. Yeah, it is. The denial of masturbation. 
Like, like all good stories. Yeah, we even veer into some mind control issues. Ooh. Breakfast cereal gets wild. That's great. Tell me, Catherine. Okay. So there was a Presbyterian minister in America. His name was Sylvester Graham. And he was around in the early 1800s. And he is the father of Graham flour. It's actually a type of flour that's named after him. And, of course, he invented the Graham cracker. And I think that when it first started, it didn't have sugar in it. It wasn't a delicious treat. Um, He start. It's a whole wheat flour. And his whole thing was that... This was like in the industrial age and white flour was becoming more popular. And he's like, well, when you bleach it and you take all the nutrients out, it's not good for you. So let's keep all the nutrients in, not roll them out in the rollers. He was way ahead of his time. Um, And then so he was worried about wheat. But then a couple years later, like during the Civil War, um, Americans were actually their health issues came from eating too much meat. Hmm. And it kind of still will. That's always a health issue. It's a health issue to eat too much meat. I also think that, you know, except for people who lived on farms and were killing their own livestock, meat was really unhealthy and it was full of additives and sometimes it was different animals than you were told and blah, blah, blah. Um, So I guess everyone was walking around totally dyspeptic, (laughs) which is a word I don't use in everyday life. It It just sort of means like any digestive illness if you have your dyspeptic. (laughs) <laughs> and that's where Pepsi comes from because it was meant to like bubble the grossness uh, out of you. Yeah. Pepto-bismol. Probably, yeah. So doctors, and I say doctors in quote because at the time you were a doctor, if you like could ever floss your teeth or like... It's terrifying. Yeah. Uh, barbers were also doctors, etc. Um, You pull a tooth and you're a doctor. And, and you like pull a tooth and they like gave you like morphine and cocaine, right? <laughs> that's yeah. how it worked. Like they were just like handed stuff out. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It was a trade-off. It was dirty, but you got cocaine afterwards. So, eh, you know. (laughs) Um, So sanitariums started sprouting up around the country, and that's where you would go and you would rest and you would relax and you would eat some vegetables, maybe. Kind of like a health spa. Kind of like a health spa, but a little bit more um, punishment-oriented than a spa would be now. (laughs) Like a BDSM spa? Actually, yeah. Um, cause you know how like it always comes out that the senators and the congressmen who are all anti-gay, anti-sex, like Ted Cruz trying to outlaw dildos, you know, that means he's got the nastiest collection of sex toys that anyone has oh, ever yeah, seen. No doubt. Anyone who spends their life, you know, rallying against, against sex, yeah. they're totally into it. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is going to be a bad seg. Here we go. Seventh-day Adventists are an American-born religion. Um, They don't like alcohol. They don't like tobacco. They're into being vegetarians. Um, They don't drink coffee, tea, soda. I'm not saying that Adventists are are perverts. That was like we went off on a little different direction there. But there was uh, a follower, a man who became a Seventh-day Adventist. His name was John Harvey Kellogg. Okay. Yeah, this might ring a bell. Okay, this dude's whole thing, whole entire thing, was that he hated masturbation. Wait, so he didn't drink coffee, didn't drink alcohol, didn't smoke cigarettes, didn't masturbate. Right, and didn't eat meat. Whoa. Yeah. And he really wanted any everyone else to not masturbate at all. The whole not eating meat thing was because... <laughs> 
people who believed that you shouldn't eat meat it wasn't so much for to like save animals it was because if you're like eating flesh then you're becoming like more sensual and you're more interested in the pleasures of the flesh and it will make you masturbate wildly eating meat will make you masturbate wildly yeah how just furiously if you eat a steak you're just gonna (laughs) jerk off for dessert huh i'm trying you know i'm thinking back to like the steaks i've eaten i know i don't did you get down to business afterwards? I mean, like as usual, not like <laughs> you should probably anything keep a extra. Chart. You should keep. A, I we should. should all keep I will. Charts. I'm gonna do research on myself. Yeah. Okay. Good. <laughs> so he heard about this product that was called uh, granula. Granula can sort of be considered America's first dry breakfast cereal and it was invented by a doctor named james jackson in 1863 and it was packaged as a brick like you'd get a brick of granula and you would sort of break off bits of the brick with a cleaver or a hammer as you wanted them and then you had to soak it at least overnight to make it edible so this like doesn't sound like fruity pebbles no not fruity pebbles but here's kind of the thing of it like it was didn't taste good and it was difficult to get out get at so of course kellogg liked it because like anything that's punishment like yeah we're into it (laughs) like the more time you spend like chipping off like grains from a block the Mm -hmm. less time you have to masturbate right? yeah i mean that's another good point absolutely and the more time you had to like go to a sanitarium and get a yogurt enema because that was yogurt enema yeah (laughs) you know there's somewhere in california doing yogurt enemas probably and if anyone like wants to learn more about all this disgusting stuff there's a movie called road to wellville that documents so i know about this story because i saw that when i was like way too young (laughs) like i remember you know like when you're a kid and you have a TV in your room, yep. and like late at night, you're like, oh, what's this weird thing about a sanitarium and like cereal? Yep. And then you're like, oh, God, what did I just see? So I knew that story. Do you remember the movie. scene where Matthew Broderick finger blasts Bridget Fonda? No. That's so re- I should rewatch it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if anyone's feeling pervy, it's a good movie. Don't watch it with your kids. Um So I guess a lot of people were eating pork chops for breakfast. Like that was a common American breakfast. And they were like, quit it with the pork chops, you you masturbators, you onanists. I don't know if it's pronounced onanists or onanists, but either way, they weren't having it. Um, So he, Kellogg was like, I got to get into this granula business because it'll stop people from having sex. So let's do this. Okay, so Jackson had a follower whose name was Ellen White, and she went on to become one of the founders of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. And then Kellogg became an Adventist, and she started a sanatorium called the Western Health Reform Institute in Battle Creek, Michigan. And then um, she let John Harvey Kellogg take it over, uh, and then he was like, okay, Granula, maybe it's actually like a little bit too difficult. Uh, so he created golden grams. <laughs> there were so many steps in between. It's just I keep like looking at my notes and seeing all these all these amazing quotes. His whole thing was, quote, eat what the monkeys eat. Simple food and not too much of it. Which, yeah, sure. That part. Yeah, that I'm makes into. sense. It's, just, it's but not then, what I do, but right. I hear it's really good for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's what I'm doing right now, hopefully to great effect. Some people were into it, like President Taft 
President Taptu clearly had some deep-seated issues about food and eating, and like no diet was going to help him, poor no. guy. Um, but he did try, and Amelia Earhart went there, apparently, and Thomas That's Edison, cool. apparently, were some of the famous guests. So was it like Esalen, but with like masturbation? No masturbation. Esalen with no masturbation. <laughs> and more cereal. You know, I don't know if there's a lack of cereal at Esalen. Oh, I've never been. And I don't think... Yeah, I guess some people are just into masturbating. I feel like at Esalen, you could also have sex. Yeah, if you I wanted you to. do whatever you want there. Especially if John Hamm is there. Oof. Yeah. Kellogg and his brother, like, they were trying to figure out how to monetize this. So they rolled out sheets of wheat into a dough and then toasted it. And they thought that it would stay as a sheet. And they thought they would do the whole, like, breaking it apart at home, just like granula. But when they toasted it, it actually cracked apart on its own into flakes. So mm-hmm. that's like the original Wheaties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So they invented that with wheat and with corn. So they've got wheat flakes and corn flakes. And uh, Kellogg started the Sanitas Food Company with W.K. Kellogg. Um, and they attracted this whole whole boom to Battle Creek. Battle Creek had 100 cereal companies wow. by 1911. Everyone was just there to make cereal. The most popular, Postum Cereal Company founded by Charles William Post. Oh, we know that brand. Yeah, we sure do. And Kellogg was not pleased because Post apparently learned everything he knew from the Kelloggs. And there was lots of talk about, like, you stole my recipe, blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is this whole thing came from stealing Jackson's granula. Mm. Did Jackson ever get, like, credit for all this? Um, money? Not money. Yeah. I mean, he didn't make as much money as the Kellogg's or the Post did. And the thing is, is that Post quickly became a much bigger deal than Kellogg. And that's because Post was a mercenary and he was like, I came here to make money. I don't mm-hmm. care what people do with their pants stuff. Mm-hmm. I just want he just to sell this product. just wants to make cereal and have people eat it and buy it. Yeah, that's it. I don't want to tell people how to live their lives. Exactly. Maybe exactly. <laughs> um, there was another doctor in battle creek dr alexander p anderson and he figured out the whole puff rice cereal if you shoot grains of rice from a cannon <laughs> is that how they make rice cereal <laughs> yes oh, mind blown not like an actual like don't like, crush my dreams we- weapon cannon but like a food grade cannon extruder and he awesome. sold the patent to quaker oats Mm. and quaker oats is not started by quakers they just thought that like quakers uh signified like wholesomeness yeah they totally do good living fooled me and then across the atlantic over in switzerland a dr maximilian bircher benner he (laughs) invented muesli and that again was for his hospital patients and muesli is uncooked rolled oats with dried fruit and nuts and he and his wife had discovered it in the alps when they were hiking and originally it was served with orange juice not with milk whoa yeah that's weird sounds so gnarly but like you know well people eat cereal with water when they don't have milk (laughs) that's very true i actually remember in high school a stoner friend of mine being like i just put orange juice in my cereal because it's all i had and it really wasn't bad, so... <laughs> He's like, I just put orange juice in my cereal because the inventor of mu- muesli did it. Yeah, exactly. He knew what was up. Um, and muesli was introduced to Britain in 1926, and across Europe, it was definitely like a weirdo freak health food. Hmm. It was like something that only people on like the outside edges of society ate until 
the 1960s when everyone became a hippie. Uh, and now it's like totally mainstream. Mainstream. You can get it at corner stores. It's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, going back in time a little bit to the early 1900s in America, advertising was looked down upon. And the idea was that like if your product was good, people would buy it. And if you have to advertise. Wow. So different than the I know. world today. I know. Well, I kind of think we can sort of trace the history of advertising to cereal. Because Kellogg wouldn't advertise but Post was, he like, he was producing quote unquote informative uh, letters and pamphlets. And so W.K. Kellogg was like, yo, older brother, like, please, can we finally make some real money off of this? Mm-hmm. And he pushed his older brother out of the company and took over and was like, I'm about this too. He wanted to make money also. And I don't blame him. So he formed the Battle Creek Toasted Cornflake Company. And that became the Kellogg Company. So in 1916, a grocery train called the Piggly Wiggly debuted. Which is still, like, exists in the South? Yeah. I always think of it as a Southern thing. So I guess so. And I think people really like it. I'd love to go there. Um, it's got a great name. Exactly. The Is it Piggly Wiggly or Piggy Wiggly? I think Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, I think Piggly Wiggly, too. Do you remember the series of children's books called Mrs. Piggly Wiggly? Nope. Very important to my upbringing, but I think no relation. Um, so in the past, in general stores or what have you, you'd go to the counter and tell the dude what to collect for you and they'd package it for you. But the Piggly Wiggly was all about going up and down the aisles by yourself with your basket and picking out whatever you wanted, which means that labeling became important oh. and having the brightest, most fun, interesting label. And that included having mascots. When was the Trix rabbit invented? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, let me consult my brain and please continue. (laughs) Um, So there was a serial named Force and he had a mascot called Sunny Jim. Interestingly enough, Sunny Jim looked a lot like the guy on the Johnny Walker label. And I refuse to believe that's a coincidence. Like, Force Serial knew what they were doing. He was the first serial mascot in America. Can I say something? Can I interject? Absolutely. In August of 1959, illustrator Joe Harris created Trix the Rabbit. Oh, that's lovely. I heard that Walt Disney created a lot of the mascots and used the money he did to making the money he made doing that to start Disney. Whoa. movies but i don't i didn't couldn't find a lot of evidence of that huh. but that is someone will probably be like duh it's all over the internet and i'll be like okay um another side note okay so the ralston purina company which i believe is now owned by nestle they're like dog food and cereal um there was a cereal called shredded ralston and that became wheat checks and then the whole checks family but it was created by a guy who invented a religion called Ralstonism, which was all about um, Caucasians as a superior race and also about mind control. Like you were supposed to go to Ralston centers to learn how to have mind control. And part of the process of learning how to control other people's minds was to never walk in a straight line <laughs> and also eat wheat checks. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> yeah. yeah um, people have been telling me that for years yeah what? 
Yeah, I, I don't. I This is totally baffling to me. And apparently it had at one point 800,000 followers across America. <laughs> but by the 1950s, its weird, racist, crazy beginnings must have been forgotten because they got Elizabeth Taylor to be on the Wheat Checks box in the 1950s. Mm. So, I mean, and then Chex Mix was invented. So this crazy ass religion like made a lot of money for Purina and then Nestle. Who knew? Wow. So house, uh, all the marketing was done towards housewives because the idea was that the housewives bought everything and listened to the radio and made their purchases based on the advertising they heard. But then in 1936, Wheaties introduced a character called Skippy. And Skippy was in their radio ads and Skippy was kind of like a shitty little kid. And he got into scrapes and it was supposed to be amusing to other little kids. So that is the moment when serial advertising became targeted towards kids. Mm. which is a became like one of the most talked about social issues of the 20th century. Yeah. Well, there's a really interesting study from um, the director of the food and brand lab at Cornell. Mm -hmm. His name's Brian Wansink. Okay. I don't know. I pronounced that wrong, but whatever. Um, and he did a study in 2014 and he like measured the angle of serial characters gazes yeah. And like checked out, I think, 65 serials and 86 uh, like serial characters, like mascots. And then he found that characters on children's serials made more eye contact with children because they had a downward gaze. Interesting. At an, av- at an average of nearly 10 degrees, serials marketed to adults um, made eye contact with adult shoppers because the gazes were like directly straight ahead. That is so Then the slight upward angle. And then the, I guess he like asked, he asked like the participants to rate the brand trust uh-huh. um, after being shown um, like two different versions of trick cereals. And serial characters that maintained eye contact um, communicate trustworthiness and increase consumers' chances of wanting to buy that product. So isn't that it's weird? So Something creepy. as small as like a gaze, totally. like downward at the ch- child. Yeah, downward, right? Yeah. Is it downward? Yeah. Like, so creepy. You know like those staring at you. Boxes? It's like, buy me because I'm a cute yeah. little rabbit that yeah. can like hypnotize or, you into telling your mom, buy this sugary cereal for me. Or photos of humans, like the cashew cereal boxes. Yeah. Couples like yeah. staring at you to buy the cereal. Have you ever had cashew lo- staring Goline? at you. Cashew Goline is to give you the shits. That's how you get skinny off of it. It is an upsetting cereal. It's like a cereal. cereal. Yes, it absolutely is. All right. That's anecdotal, but I think it's true. But Um, when you hear, like, I don't know, when I hear more and more, like, very specific things like that about advertising mm -hmm. and how they, like, get you, it makes me just think, like, there's so many ways we're being mind controlled. Yeah. I guess we're all Ralstonites after all. Yeah. Eat wheat checks. Uh, Don't walk in a straight line. Okay. So um, there was a guy named Jim Rex and he got all upset because he knew as everyone in America did that people would buy the cereal, take it home. Kids would pour it into a bowl, add milk and sugar, like as much mm-hmm. sugar as they wanted. Because of course, like, wheat checks and all those other cereals i mean they probably have sugar added now but at the time they're boring flavored like wheaties boring so <laughs> he was like i have a solution i'm gonna invent ranger joe popped wheat honeys in 1939 and those will come pre-sweetened there i'm so helpful i can't 
fathom this logic and i don't <laughs> believe i never believed that these things were like pure of heart because there's no way that he's like i've got it gee whiz like clearly he knew what he was doing yeah so that was the first cereal to come pre-sugared um and also <laughs> adding the sugar added cereal became a selling point um because sugar gives children energy and it's the fuel they need for the day oh isn't it the fuel they need for obesity <laughs> and insulin levels Mid, spiking and then dropping. Mid-century food marketing is the most fascinating thing on the planet. It's yeah. banal evil, like everywhere you look. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. And that's how we got to where we are today. <laughs> yeah, it completely is. It totally is. Um, there is a New York Times food photo gallery, New York Times food section, food food. You guys know what I mean. Um, and it shows you like through the ages how cereal marketing changed. Um, did you know that Tony the Tiger of Frosted Flakes had some some friends like like Katie the Kangaroo? I remember that from my childhood. I really? Think. Yeah. Also, things like Frosted Flakes were actually called Sugar Frosted Flakes. Smacks were called Sugar Smacks. People mm -hmm. actually, like, they said, said sugar, sugar yeah. in them. And then it was, like, not okay to do that. Yeah, exactly. I think it's, like, cookie crisp are so amazing because they're just miniature Small cookies. Small cookies in a bowl. <laughs> Did you eat those growing up? No. In my house, we had a rule. Hmm. You could have any cereal you wanted as long as sugar was not one of the first three ingredients in it. Oh, God. I ate Smacks. I ate cookie crisp. <laughs> I ate fruity pebbles. I ate you know, cinnamon toast crunch, mm -hmm. golden grams. Wow. I corn pops. I really liked corn pops. See, I think my mom sort of stopped paying attention at a certain point. Cause I know when I was a kid, it was only, uh, I guess the Czech cereals, Cheerios, which I didn't care for. And, kicks which i actually really like it's kind of the same thing you were talking about porridge taste of nothing and that's the beauty of it mm -hmm. that's why i love kicks yeah but i know now that my favorite cereals are corn pops and honey nut cheerios which definitely have sugar in the first three ingredients oh yeah corn pops underrated cereal can we both agree on that love corn pops so much yeah. they are addictive though i can and will and have eat a box in a day whatever come at me you know what i mean <laughs> were you on your no carb diet yeah when i'm on my no and that my friends is the reason why i am on a no carb diet <laughs> yeah see i just eat two bowls so i'm not on a no carb diet i'm just you know how to manage yourself to begin with mm -hmm. yes yes quit bragging um i think that to me personally the thing that illustrates that america that breakfast cereal is a totally american product is that when i lived in italy when i was in college in 2003 i bought a box of cereal and i took it home and i was <laughs> opening it and i realized that there were instructions on how to eat cereal on the side no, of the box like yeah. pour cereal yes. in bowl pour milk onto cereal eat with spoon wow yeah absolutely what if you tried to eat cereal with a fork you wouldn't get Enough I milk it in would each be, bite. I know. It would be a very disappointing experience. Also, I looked at the... Um, it's a website called Cereal.eu, but Cereal is spelled C-E-E-R-E-A-L, and it's Belgian, and it's like hmm. the European Cereal Council or something, and the propaganda on that site is like live and in effect. It talks about how good cereal is for you and how the people who created cereal just wanted the best for everyone and to improve their health, and it's disgusting. Wow. It made me barf. Yeah. I think Americans are more cynical right now 
because we've already gone through the whole process of being marketed to. Yeah, like, like the gazes yeah. and the sugar and the don't yeah. put the sugar in the box, but like still have all the sugar. Yeah. I think we're at a more savvy point in history than we have been for the previous 100 years in America. But of course, everything goes back and forth. So we'll see. Or we're just being mind controlled more and lied to in more subtle ways. We are totally at the whim of the Ralston Purina Company. Tilda, are you? Tilda, do you like Purina? She's wagging her tail. She's mind controlled too. It's gone through to our pets. <laughs> anyway, what's your favorite kind of cereal? Um, it depends on like what kind of mood I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday was Cinnamon Toast Crunch, but mm. I also like Golden Grahams. Oh. I like uh, Corn Pops. Um, yeah, I'm just like, I don't eat a lot of cereal, but when I do, it's like, damn, this is good. Agreed. You know what else is good? What? Um, a website called rappersandcereal.com. This is what I do. I look at like tumblers <laughs> like this in my okay. free time. But it's like <laughs> rappers like put on popular cereal boxes and the names of the products are reimagined. So they got like a tribe called Chex <gasps> and Count Dracula and <laughs> Cutty Nut Cheerios and Snoop Loops. And then this person who runs the site is like a Photoshop genius, like, you know, some other people we know like me. <laughs> and the rappers are then holding the boxes of cereal that have their names on it. It's like really meta. That sounds cute. Yeah. So rappersandcereal.com. Okay. Um, okay. Um, another rapper. I don't know why. I feel like I was just like thinking about cereal and cereal and popular culture. And it just like brought me to like rap culture. Interesting. Well, yeah. a lot of things bring you to rap. A lot of things do bring bring me to rap. Like, I worked for Complex. Yeah. But, yeah, anyways. so <laughs> But it's definitely out there if you're finding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Kendrick Lamar. Mm-hmm. Do you like him? Are yeah. you a fan? Yeah. Um, I think he's a genius. Okay. And for a Complex video, they asked him to elaborate elaborate on the real life experiences that inspired his song Cartoon and Serial. Okay. <laughs> um and he said like in second grade and third grade he would come home from school and he would put the Power Rangers on and he would sit there and watch the Power Rangers and eat a bowl of cereal and then VR Troopers came on and then Batman. So there was something about like, you know, latchkey kid getting home, yeah. turning on the cartoons, yeah, eating the cereal cuz that's what you can like fix for yourself. Yeah. You know? I feel like that and Saturday morning cartoons too. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And especially like Fruity Pebbles and Fruit Loops and how it dyed the milk various colors mm-hmm. and drinking Cereal the milk, milk. after. Can I tell you though that when my sister was an infant, so I would have been five or six, someone gave her Fruity Pebbles and then she puked it all up and it was all different colors. <laughs> and that memory awesome. is so strong in my mind. Okay. That's like, kind of sounds fun. I For me, yeah. But I think it's also why I don't like that kind of cereal. Yeah, because you just associate yeah. it with vomit. Mm-hmm. All right, that's valid. <laughs> um, anyways, back to Kendrick. He was like, says that he has cereal eating down to a science. Oh, and his... You know, his go-to is Fruity Pebbles. And he says he, like, takes... He doesn't, He doesn't. you know... He doesn't mess with Cheerios or Wheaties. He says, all my shit got sugar. So, <laughs> unlike you as a child. Right. But, um, so he takes a bite. He takes one bite of his Fruity Pebbles just to get, like, that, that feel of the crunch. Yeah. And then he, like, pushes his bowl away and lets it sit for a mm-hmm. minute. Mm-hmm. But, like, at this point, 40%... Wait, wait, wait. 
of the cereal is in the milk and 40% isn't. And he says, I like 60% of my shit soggy and the other 40% crunchy. <laughs> and then you blend it all. And you can't go wrong with the 60-40 fruity pebble soggy right. crunchy combination. And so he has like cereal eating down to a science. Kendrick Lamar, who knew? That sounds great. He yeah. knows what he's talking about. Yeah, he does. Um, so obviously like rappers eating cereal, like a lot of stoned people eat cereal. Sure. Like people eat cereal while they're playing video games late at night. And cereal companies like they realized that sales were like decreasing or they were flat every year since 2000, according to a Wall Street Journal article published okay. in 2014. So they were like, sales are shit. We needed to zero in on behaviors that we're ignoring. And that's what they called off breakfast eating. So that means adults eating cereal at night or children snacking on it throughout the day or stoners eating it like all the time that's like taco bell's fourth meal campaign yeah 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 so they're like okay we got to like zone in on the markets we're ignoring and so um a consumer insights manager for the cereal division at general mills um realized cinnamon toast crunch popular snack for 20 and 30 somethings while playing video games at night so then cinnamon toast crunch sponsored a video game conference in 2013 in la so you know it's like yeah we're gonna market hardcore to the people yeah that are like weirdly eating our stuff that yeah. are little children in the morning yeah um which brings us around to something you told me about the nighthawk breakfast bar which opened this year at the beginning of this year in hollywood mm -hmm. and it's a dinner spot but it's breakfast theme so it's open late later at night but you know you have stuff like drunken hollow french toast on the menu or benedict fries with uh raclette cheese and smoked paprika hollandaise that sounds so good yeah it does and you get um a newspaper and a cup of coffee when you get in <laughs> so like you're getting in at like 10 or 11 p.m. and you get a newspaper and coffee interesting kind of great i'm sure people who are drunk go there and um the chef is the a former like spago chef which is kind of cool wow and then so like where does cereal come in right there's spiked cereal milk cocktails how do you feel about that eh uh I don't know. I'd give it a shot, I guess. Yeah. So I kind of was like, I don't know. Like, that sounds kind of gross. And then I remembered that I really like, uh, like, milk punch, like rum milk punch or bourbon cognac milk punch. Like, mm -hmm. I really love it. It's like milk, simple syrup, um, I think bourbon or cognac, and then grated nutmeg. Yeah. So it's kind of like that, I would imagine. It is. And it they is. have, like, fruity cereal milk with gin. That's kind of weird. Milk and gin. Yeah, don't and know. the fruity part, the sweetened part, that's where I'm like, uh, mm. I don't know. Yeah. How about cocoa cereal milk with brandy? That well, sounds good to me. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just like spiked hot chocolate, really? Yeah, but really? cold. <laughs> spiked chocolate milk. And then oh. honey nut cereal milk with bourbon, which sounds good, That too. does sound good. Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know, I'm into it. There's also yeah. a live DJ. <laughs> this and place probably sounds wild. And they're inspired go. by Momofuku Milk Bar, right? And Christina Tozzi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she did her whole cereal milk ice cream and yeah. people freaked out. And I feel like people do a lot of cereal milk whatever yeah. now. It's a thing. Yeah. She steeped like, um, you know, she infused milk with cereal, actual cereal. Mm -hmm. And then she turned that into soft serve. Mm -hmm. And it like blew people's minds. Yeah. Um, and she does like cereal and cookies and stuff like that, right? Yeah. She does. She does a lot of stuff with cereal. Yeah. She's, she's like a big kid um anyways another fun kind of 
thing in the cereal breakfast world that I had never seen before was the world's first cereal bar, hybrid cereal bar sneaker store, which opened in Brooklyn last year. Oh my God. <laughs> that is so specific. Yeah. So the uh, footwear retailer Kith NYC, mm-hmm. they opened a cereal bar called Kith's treats and it was located in the entrance of their brooklyn flagship store and this is a place that sells like six six hundred dollar shoes and thousand dollar jackets oh my god um but they offer like 24 different flavors of cereal um to eat there yeah and then 25 different toppings so like candy bars and then five different kinds of milk and you like do like a mix and match and it's kind of just like Froyo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But cereal. Yeah. And they're served in collectible mini shoe boxes. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. And then they had people like Andre Agassi and Action Bronson like create different uh, combinations. Like mm. Action Bronson's is Rice Krispie Treats, Cookie Crisp, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, Kit Kat, Oreo, Marshmallow Charms, and of course, after all that, skim milk. Oh, ha ha. Very <laughs> clever. Yeah. Well, I so feel like people have weird. been trying to open uh, cereal restaurants. I remember there was one in Venice. There was one in South Pasadena. One in London called Cereal Killer Cafe. Does that one still exist or did it um, shut down? I believe so. Yep. Okay. Opened in 2014. Okay. Has more than 120 cereals. That's a lot a of cereal. selection of milk and toppings. Yeah. Wow, that's a ton of cereal. Okay. A ton of cereal. Maybe that's the secret because the ones in LA were like small storefronts. Yeah. And then there was a chain that like tried to open, but I think they closed a lot of the locations. The only one currently are Dallas and Richmond, Virginia. It was called Cereality. Mm. And it was just like the same thing. Like uh, customers choose, you know, favorite cereals, toppings, but the servers wore pajamas. Oh. <laughs> That is That's too much. So tacky. <laughs> um, yeah. You know what else is tacky? What? Did you ever hear about Taco Bell releasing something called Captain Crunch Delights? That sounds vaguely familiar. Okay, so it's a donut hole filled with like milk flavored icing covered in Captain Crunch Crunchberry cereal. So what I don't get about that is the whole thing about Captain Crunch is people talk about how much it hurts your mouth to eat like it tears up the roof of your mouth Hmm. so i don't know i don't get it (laughs) yeah well i think they were probably just i don't know i assume that the makers of captain crunch whether that's like kellogg or someone else were like oh you know we've done new studies and realized that it's not just children eating it for breakfast it's Mm -hmm. like you know late night adults Mm -hmm. and like stoners like eating it at 11 p.m yeah let's go to taco bell I wonder if it was Rice Krispie Treats that clued them in to this, like, obviously years ago. But I wonder if, like, that was the first step. And you can get, like, breakfast bars that have, quote-unquote, dehydrated milk. But you can also get Rice Krispie Treat bars. How do you feel about Rice Krispie Treats? Uh, They are good. And I had a coworker whose wife added rosemary to them. They With were what kind insane. Of, and then everything else was Everything like else was regular. Maybe brown butter, like, but I think it was just rosemary ooh, that was... Brown butter, rosemary, rice krispie yeah. treat. You guys should make them. Go Damn. careful on the rosemary because it's very strong. Like, use less than you think you want. But holy cow, those were gone in like a flash every I'm, time. I'm going to make those. Yeah, so good. Everyone's so invited good. to my house for brown butter, rosemary, rice krispie <laughs> treat. See there. I live in Silver Lake. Um, cool, yeah. So... 
I mean, everybody loves cereal or has like some nostalgia about cereal if you grew up in America. Like, yeah. not everyone, but a big majority. You know, even if your parents didn't let you have it, if you lived in a health conscious home, because at my dad's house, definitely then, not box Then cereal. it was the denial of exactly. that cereal that is your memory, you know? Like if you or ever... like, I'm sure there was like, you know, kids growing up that ate like different foods for breakfast and then all their friends were eating cereal, you know? If you go to a friend's house to spend the night, you're so excited mostly to get the cereal. Yeah. Yeah. What kind of cereal do your parents let you eat? Like that's kind of like how lax are your parents? Yeah. AKA how cool. Because up until the time you're like 20, you think that the lax parents are the cool ones. Yeah. And then you realize they're psychotic. (laughs) Um, Anyways. Yeah. Well, all my shit got sugar in the, in the words of Kendrick Lamar. (laughs) So sugar or not sugared, we want to know what your favorite types of cereal are. So, okay, here's the ways that you can holler at us. Instagram at how and got your mouth. Also, Aaron made the point you could hashtag how it got in your mouth and we should see it. I think if you yeah. want to hashtag us I'll in your photos. It. Yeah. Um, we're on Facebook at how it got in your mouth. Um, send us your photos there. We love getting them. We've seen some great ones, have some great conversations. And also if you like the show and you want us to do, keep doing research and maybe even have time to do a little more, you could consider contributing to our Patreon page at how it got in your mouth up to you guys, whatever. We love hearing from you any way you want to. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks. Go eat a big bowl of cereal.